It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. If you're listening to the sound of this and thinking that it's somewhere between 1 and 14 billion times worse than normal, (laughs) then that lets you know that I'm indeed on the road and do not have all my podcast stuff handy. Uh, I'll give you my Venmo at the end of this if anybody wants to uh, purchase some extra on-the-road gear for me. Uh, But I tell you who does have a wonderful voice and and, uh, a a beautiful-sounding microphone and headphone setup while he's cozy at home is Mr. Thomas Simons. How are you doing today, Thomas? Hello. Reverberating with a voice that just won't go away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing well, Justin. All right. Well, we're going to dive in. So we've got uh, all of our preseason action has concluded. Uh, we got some tidbits from preseason week three, but you know it really is harder uh, than than ever before to 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 use the preseason uh, to solidify a whole bunch of stuff. We there are a few that we're going to mention, but uh, Thomas, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. This is a different yeah. beast now when it comes to figuring this stuff out. Well, you know, unlike in the past, the preseason is no longer a viable gauge for fantasy production and or fantasy values because. 90% in, in preseason week three, 90% of the starters didn't play. So you're you're not really getting a true look at team uh, defensive schemes. Uh, you're getting slight looks at it. You're seeing the schemes, but you're seeing them with second and third and, and pretty much practice squad players. So it's really hard to gauge anything truly from the preseason games like we used to in the past when there were four preseason games you knew okay preseason preseason three we're going to be looking at starters for at least a half well not not so true anymore so you have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to kind of dig deeper into you know the the local news uh, reporters and stuff giving you information regarding the teams but i you know i'm going to start with some some moves that happened you know in 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 the past there was usually a lot of um eye-opening cuts that happen around this time of year and veterans that get axed and you're like wow i didn't see that one coming but there weren't that many this year as there have been in the past now there was a few for example houston released veteran christian curtsy and uh cornerback desmond King. Now, the Steelers immediately snapped up King and Kirksey signed uh, with the Bills practice squad. It's good to note that with King, he'll probably see um, nickel and maybe dime um, snaps on the field to start with. He might even be involved in their return game. But with Kirksey, that's it's an interesting situation because going to the practice squad, you think, oh, well, he's he has no value. But the Bills put Balin Specter on injured reserve recently, and because they did that, they're they're getting really thin at the linebacker position. So Kirksey could actually get activated as early as week one. You just keep an eye on that, and that might be a stash for you because Kirksey does have some value if he makes the roster. Yeah, and I've got some notes on the the Bills linebacker rotation uh, that that are, will certainly be affected by this signing. I think it's a great signing by the Bills, and yeah, Thomas, I agree that. You know, when you first get uh, 
picked up by a team immediately go into the practice squad isn't some like terrible demotion although right. it might look like that particularly for for a veteran like Kirksey there's a great chance that um, you know, number one, these could just be simply roster moves. The other thing is sometimes it, it takes uh, a, a player, a, 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 maybe it's two or three practices, maybe it's a couple of weeks to get get to the point where the coaches feel comfortable that they know the scheme and the calls well enough to go out there and, and not give up a big play because they weren't familiar with the, uh, with the scheme and stuff. So exactly. Kirk, a veteran. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think he'll be on the, on the active roster sooner rather than later. And as we'll get and, to later in the podcast, that's going to be important. And you also have to remember that each team has three, um, what they call evaluation practice squad uh, elevations. So th- these elevations that you can do it three times before the, the the player has to officially join the roster, the 53-man roster. So Kirksey could get activated the first two weeks, and then on the third week, if they do it, then he has to join the 53-man roster or, have, or they have to release him. So that's something to also keep in mind too. If they put them on the roster for week one and then they put them back to practice squad, well, they can do that at least three times before they have to either leave them on the roster or get rid of them. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Julian Blackman. To me, this is the guy that no one is drafting and that I think is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, he's, he's looks like he's dead set on being the strong safety for the uh, Colts defense. This is a great role, as we've talked uh, many times before. There are very, there are fewer and fewer teams who play a, a pretty strict single high safety setup where where a a single safety a one a one of the safeties primarily plays in the box or plays near the line of scrimmage while while the other plays deep. Uh, Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator there, has been rocking that scheme for for uh, quite a number of years. Uh, he's one of the last of that Seattle tree to kind of hold to his guns to that, and it looks like that's gonna that is going to continue. So there's Julian Blackman who's going to play a lot of box snaps on the Colts defense. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor, but you have to assume that if Taylor is not playing. Uh, for the Colts, and we know he's not playing at least for a while for the Colts, uh, then that's going to likely make them a worse team. And if that happens, that means the defense is going to be on the field for more snaps. So Julian Blackman is somebody who could end up – he actually could end up being a, 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 a DB1 by the end of the season. And like I said, he's, he's practically free uh, for waiver. So if you've got your draft coming up this weekend, and hopefully you do because this is, in my opinion, the best time to do the draft, which is after all the preseason stuff is done, uh, there's, a, there's a good chance that you can get Julian Blackman late. And he's going to be one of those guys that everybody is going to not see coming when he shows up with seven, eight, nine tackles a game. You know, you bring up a great valid point about the Colts being one of the rare or few teams that have that true safety, strong safety position. You know, there are quite a few teams that are going to utilize the the two linebacker scheme for most of their games. Now, we've already talked about Cincinnati in in past podcasts. Now, we're going to add to the list teams like uh, that will run a two linebacker scheme are the Bills, um, Dallas, and Washington. Now, there's a whole bunch of other teams like San Francisco and Indianapolis who will run nickel and dime packages uh, packages frequently. And um, the third linebacker comes off the field and, and is off the field as much as they are on the field. So th- this is a, an interest, interesting point that you bring up with Blackman in, in that, you know, he's going under the radar and he's going to see a lot of snaps on the field. 
um, you know, he will be playing with Rodney Thomas and Nick Cross, but Blackman is definitely a, a sleeper role. And there's a lot of players out there that you can find that are going to have, a, you know, value that you didn't think they would have because of these schemes. Um, you'd mentioned these two linebacker sets, and one of them uh, was the Bills. And um, we were just talking about how uh, Buffalo added um, Christian Kirksey to their practice squad. There's been a lot of uh, competition for the second linebacker or the secondary linebacker, as I call them, uh, spot in Buffalo next to Matt Milano. Uh, and after all the dust is starting to settle, and this is one of those little tea leaves that we got to kind of read through preseason week three, was it does look like Tyrell Dotson is set to be that secondary linebacker for Matt Milano. Uh, if he holds that position and somebody like Kirksey doesn't end up uh, splitting the role with him or or possibly taking it over, uh, Dotson, just based on volume alone, is actually a pretty high floor LB4 for me. So he has to – I definitely think week one, I would not be surprised to see Dotson out there for a ton of snaps. Watching what happens with Kirksey will affect this greatly. But in terms of a, a, a dart throw toward the end of your drafts, to me, Dotson's a, a great one to have because if he ho- holds this role, as it looks like right now, he will. I mean, he could be playing 900 snaps on, on the Bills' defense, and for your LB4, that's going to have a ton of value, just particularly when we talk about floor. He might not be making a ton of big plays, but somebody to rack up six to nine tackles a game and have those occasional 10 to 14 tackle games when all the – when, when everything goes right and it's more Dodson as opposed to Milano, you're going to enjoy all that. Just watch what's going to happen with Kirksey. You know, you, you mentioned the, the Dodson and, and the Bills, uh, him winning the Mike position, which forces um, Terrell Bernard over to the Sam position, especially with Spectre going to IR. The, the Bills, outside of, of their starters, which is going to be Milano and then Dotson and Bernard, and then when they go into two linebacker sets, it'll probably be Milano and most likely Dotson, but to be seen. They could rotate Dotson and Bernard in that second linebacker spot in the diamond nickel packages. But they only have t- uh, Tyler Matikiewicz and Dorian, rookie Dorian Williams for linebacker depth along with Kirksey on on the practice squad. So keep an eye, I mean, really, really keep a close eye on that one because that's going to be interesting and has been all summer long. Now I'm going to jump uh, over to, yeah. go ahead. No, I was, I was, I was going to agree with you. Um, uh, and just the fact that you brought up Terrell Bernard, that's somebody we want to keep an eye on as well. It does look like Dodson has that primary role, but uh, don't just draft Dodson and expect that to, to not change it. You're right. about right. It's not only Kirksey we're worried about, you know, just because Dotson has it for now, doesn't mean Bernard's completely out of the picture. He has to, he has to prove himself and he, he has to continually yeah. uh, perform in order to, to hold that job down. It's not a secure position. Right. Now, speaking of not secure, the Rams went and cut their projected starting cornerback, Robert Rochelle. Now they're going to go with Kobe Durant and Darian Kendrick as their starting uh, cornerbacks. Now these two only have four years NFL experience combined between them. So I sense a very long, hard season for the Rams defense with guys like Ernest Jones and Jordan Fuller uh, being the best fantasy options on this team. But Aaron Donald, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's Aaron Donald. But the rest of these guys 
could be in for a very long, hard, unproductive fantasy season. Let's talk. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, the linebacker situation in Tennessee. Aziz Alshair, to me, he's undervalued so far in drafts. He's he's getting drafted either LB4 or LB5 sometimes in some drafts I've been in. He's Every year he's been in the NFL, he's improved, and particularly over the last three. I mean, he's only been – I think this is his fourth year or heading into his fifth year of the league. Um, but he's mainly been a backup, but that's because he's been a backup on San Francisco to guys like Fred Warner. So that's bound to happen. He now gets a full-time role uh, – with with Tennessee and I think he's going to see a ton of snaps this season so uh to me he's a great later round draft pick uh I think he's going to end up being a solid LB2 and for some reason uh there are a lot of people ignoring him right now you know somebody else on there as well is uh Jake rookie Jake Gibbons he's he's going to be looks like he's going to start next to uh El Shair as he may have beaten out Monty Rice for the the other inside linebacker position so you're getting two decent, possibly fantasy serviceable inside linebackers on Tennessee that are going under the radar. Now I'm going to jump over to Seattle, um, a local area here, and Seattle's not going to push Jamal Adams uh, into a early season play. They've already ruled him out for the season opener against the Rams, and I wouldn't be surprised if they take – two games, maybe three to take a look at, and especially if they win. If they keep winning, they've got Julian Love and Quandre Diggs, and they've been using Kobe Bryant at the safety position, and they're loaded at cornerback, so they could be playing dying packages you know, with three or four, even four cornerbacks, because they could go with, uh, I'll mention it later on, well, actually, I'll mention it now, they... Devin Weatherspoon, who is their rookie cornerback, is also most likely not going to play in the first game. But they still have Reek Woolen at, at the starting cornerback. And it looks like Trey Brown um, won the other outside cornerback spot with Michael Jackson winning the, the slot. So they could be using Kobe Bryant as well at, in, at cornerback. They could use Bryant as a third safety. I mean, Bryant can play either or if they go three cornerbacks and two uh, safeties. And let's say they decide to go one linebacker, they could bring in Bryant and he could play both cornerback and safety depending on the offensive situation they're facing. I want to talk about Anthony Walker Jr., the Browns linebacker. Uh, he's been a little banged up. He is their veteran presence there. Uh, he is expected to be ready for week one, and that's good because without Walker in preseason week three, the Browns played a pretty ugly rotation of, of several linebackers. Um, to me, that's an indication that they don't trust really anyone with a full-time role but Walker. Uh, Walker was also named one of the team captains. This was supposed to be his role last season, uh, but then early on he got injured. Now, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm still not a huge fan of, of, of drafting Walker, particularly early on. But to me, he's the only Browns linebacker I trust. It was it was concerning, you know. Granted, we don't know exactly why they were rotating so much, um, but but it, it seemed like they were still mixing and matching their linebackers uh, without Walker there uh, in Week Three, and that that there are enough solid linebackers uh, out there that makes me just nervous to to pick up anybody like JOK or any of those guys. So. Uh, if I'm going to take a shot at any of them, it's going to be Walker. Be Walker. It just looks to me like he's got to be the guy who'll be out there for the most snaps. It's pretty sad when you have eight linebackers and we can only trust Walker. <laughs> <laughs> 
The uh, speaking of linebackers, the Eagles cut Nick Morrow, and with Miles Jack retiring and Morrow gone, veteran linebacker Zach Cunningham will likely start at the uh, will linebacker spot, or worst case scenario, he'll split snaps with second year linebacker Christian Ellis. So. Cunningham is another one who's um, like El Shair, flying under the radar and could be a, a nice late round uh, draft steal. Uh, let's talk quickly about uh, the Phillies. The Phillies. The Eagles. <laughs> I'm still in baseball mode. Well, you're still in baseball mode. We'll continue uh, with it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Phillies. Um, the Phillies. Uh, uh, <laughs> other sports team, uh, their brothers, if you will, the Eagles. <laughs> Um, you know, we've seen, you were just talking about, uh, Zach Cunningham, uh, you know, there and, uh, how they cut Nick Morrow and, and Miles Jack. Well, to me that all that traffic getting cleared behind the Dean makes me feel that much more confident about his every down chances. Cunningham hasn't been able to hold down a full-time role for the past several teams. And his new team is in their Super Bowl window, so I don't think he's necessarily going to have that long of a leash. Um, but see, yeah, but seeing Morrow, you know, seeing Morrow cut, knowing that, and, my, and we talked about this way earlier this preseason, Morrow's presence there to me had a little bit more to do with uh, you know scheme familiarity. Now that Jonathan Gannon is gone, uh, you know somebody to kind of hold that together. Him getting cut was a big sign for me. Uh, Miles Jack retiring. Sometimes when I see players like that retiring who have a fringy chance of making the team, I, I wonder sometimes how much of it is where they bring him into the office and they're like, look, Miles, as of right now, I, I'm not sure we've got a roster spot for you. And Miles is like, you know what? I'd rather just retire. I don't want to get cut again or whatever. Like if I can't make this team, you know, so, you know, I don't think it was a surprise that he got retired. This, these, this is just conjecture, obviously on my part, but um if they didn't feel like they needed Miles Jack or they didn't need Nick Burrow, that makes me all the all the more comfortable having uh, Nicobe Dean on my roster when we once we hit Week One. You know, when you consider the fact that they have Hassan Reddick as their edge rusher and he'll play the Sam linebacker spot, and he's backed up by Patrick Johnson and rookie Nolan Smith. Other than that, they only have Dean Cunningham and Ellis as their other linebackers. So Dean really isn't doesn't have anybody pushing him especially with Cunningham and Ellis trying to battle for the the will spot. So it's going to be interesting. I think you're right about Dean being um, probably a, a reliable source now because of the fact that they've pretty much cleared the way for him and they're probably confident in, in enough in him to go with him. Now the Steelers, speaking of another veteran linebacker who got added late and is a backup, but couldn't be moved around. The Steelers have uh, signed Quan Alexander not too long ago, and he beat out Nick Kukowski for the backup role to Cole uh, Holcomb, who's a starting inside linebacker. Now, Holcomb has a history of injuries, so Alexander is a serviceable linebacker. Should either Holcomb or other inside linebacker, uh, Alandon Roberts, who is also injury prone, if either one of those two get injured, then Alexander can can give you some serviceable games uh, down the road. We're going to close out our player portion of this. I want to talk uh, a little bit about what's going on in Pittsburgh. Remember that in, in when it comes to their safety roles, um, I, you know, we just talked, we spent a little time talking about Philly uh, and now we're over, uh, you know, 
we're staying in Pennsylvania. Uh, you spent some time talking about their their linebackers. I want to stay there and talk about what's going on with their safeties and what we saw in preseason week three. So there's been a battle now that Terrell, uh, Terrell Edmonds is no longer the safety next to Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, they've got DeMonte KZ, who they brought in from Atlanta, and Keanu Neal. Been a little bit of a journeyman. Was with the Falcons and, and uh, Cowboys, and then the Bucks, uh, and now he's he's out in Pittsburgh. The two of them, two of them have kind of been going back and forth on this uh, second safety spot. Uh, in preseason week three, they split the snaps almost equally. Uh, which is a big red flag that that unlike a lot of teams where either a, a player sat when all the starters sat or played when all the starters played, that seems to me like a position that at least before preseason week three, the Steelers weren't completely confident that they knew who that was going to be. Um, now, if you if we I tried to look and see if we had any sort of leanings either way, and what I came up with was number one. Neil played more early snaps, um, uh, and that's a big one for um, uh, like he started with the starters, <laughs> and then he uh, then in the second series they started to rotate with um, uh, with with, with Demonte KZ. So he got the first crack at it. Also, if you look at their special team snaps, you see that KZ played uh, uh, several more special team snaps. Uh, than Neil does. That's another sign that they're considering needing KZ on the um, on special teams. And if so, he's likely not going to play a ton of snaps uh, as their starters. But you really can't draft either of these guys right now. Uh, but that's that is one to watch. If you if you were at the end of your draft and you wanted to take a shot at either one, it would be Keanu Neal. And the last thing I want to say is that all three of these guys. Uh, it looks like what they were doing is they were all rotating, including Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, they were all rotating whether they were playing deep or whether they were playing up near the box. Uh, so to me, this is a good sign that uh, Fitzpatrick will be kind of roaming all over the field, and that's where he has most of his fantasy value. Um, and so this kind of weakness in this in this second safety role, I think actually more than anything is going to help Fitzpatrick uh, stay a reliable fantasy option for us. You know, it, it it brings us closer to the end of this podcast. But if you take a look at some of the injuries that are out there, um, we, we obviously have another five or six days before the true Wednesday practice starts to kick in. And then players either have to play Wednesday, practice Wednesday, Thursday or Friday to be con- um to actually be eligible to play or in coach's mind, uh, I'm going to trust that you're eligible to play. So we have another week before the injuries have to be worrisome, but there's some out there. I mean, Shaquille Leonard uh, came back to practice recently, uh, even though he's wearing the non-contact Jersey. Um, You know, there's, there's a handful of players that, that you're really going to have to keep an eye on. Um, I I know that we've talked in the past about how it's hard when you're in early in the week or early in the the preseason. You don't really know whether or not some of these injuries are are bothersome. But somebody like Jaquan Brisker, um, they have an undisclosed injury, and they're talking about well, we're going to know more about this on Wednesday, September sixth, which is the first weekday practice in preparation for their their opener so you've got players that are out there that that um you have to be a little concerned with but 
give it a few days before you go ahead and, and you know, another one is Hassan Reddick. Uh, he has a, a torn ligament in his right thumb, but they expect him to be playing week one without any kind of a decline in his, his performance and production. So keep an eye out for the injuries as the week progresses. And then when we get to our next podcast, we're going to have a better handle on who's questionable and who's in and who's out. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you started this podcast off talking about how there weren't any really significant, you know, or major cuts. We had, we had a few, but you know, every year, right. It seems to be some, somebody who was a top 10 or 20 player all of a sudden gets cut. You know, nobody saw it coming. Um, uh, now you just mentioned those injuries and that was a great time to mention that we also didn't see any, any major IDPs hitting pup, you know, um, uh, so missing the first four games of the season, you know, some of these players, um, well, you know, like Shaq Leonard and Anthony Walker and some of these guys. So, uh, good news there that, that somebody, if you've already drafted some of these players, that there weren't any major ones who have been coming back from an injury that were immediately going to be missing the first four games of the season. Right. I mean, Von Miller did land on the pup. Sure. And he's out the first four games, but that was something that we kind of saw coming. And, and you're right. right. There, there's very few landed on um, injured reserve. And I mean, Demarion Williams on, on Baltimore, that, that Baltimore's um, cornerback situation is kind of shaky because Marlon Humphrey may miss the opening, uh, the opener. Rocky Sin has been injured all summer long and now Demarion Williams has been put on IR. So they're, they went so far as to, to sign veteran Kevin, uh, Kevon, Seymour, and they only have Jalen Armour, uh, Davis, and Arthur Mollett as their backups, and these two may not even be ready for the the start of the season, so they're going to have to go with three cornerbacks, and that's kind of a shaky deal. Brandon Stevens may end up coming from the safety spot over to cornerback to help him out with the lack of depth. Well, the next time you and I talk, uh, we will have had one football game. Uh, so, um, we will be back on our regular schedule. What we normally do in, in season is we get together after thir- literally as soon as Thursday night football is over, we both run into our little podcast areas and hop on <laughs> literally and, run, literally run. run and then <laughs> complain about the game before we actually hit record. Um, but, uh, so we're going to start that next week. Next week is September 7th and we're going to have our, our opening night of football on Thursday night. Our podcasts usually drop Friday morning or Friday afternoon uh, as we preview each week um, going forward. So uh, enough preseason talk, enough training camp talk, enough draft talk. We're going to talk actual matchups with actual players for your actual fake fantasy. (laughs) That's it. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, If you are a, a Fantasy Points premium subscriber, please remember to reach out to us on Discord. Uh, that's a, a great opportunity, particularly if you've got a draft coming up this weekend. I still have multiple drafts. Thomas, you got any drafts this weekend? Yeah, actually I do. I have, uh, I'm in the middle of two. One of them is an IDP draft and we're finishing it up. And then there's one that I have um, not on the weekend, but on Tuesday, uh, which is one of my bigger drafts. So yeah, I do have one coming up out of my seven leagues. Nice. Well, good luck. Uh, Good luck to everybody else who is drafting this week. Have a safe Labor Day, and we will see you guys on the 7th. Thomas, want to take us out? Be well and be safe.
Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Yeah.